Hello, and welcome to the Vexillogicast. From the home of the first lending library in the United States of America, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Confederate flag. And by that, I mean the flag of the Confederate States of America, as well as the battle flag of the Army of Northern Virginia. I figured I'd cover the topic because it's been in the news recently, uh, surrounding a controversy that I'm sure you're familiar with. And I thought it fit nicely into this podcast. Before we get to that, however, might I remind you that you can find links to these flags on vexillogicast.com. That is, as always, V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com. And discussion about this episode can be found at the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. To jump right into it then, I would like you to form an image in your mind of what you think the Confederate flag is. Most likely you've come up with an image of a red flag with a blue saltire, and again that's an X, with 13 stars on it. This is not the flag of the Confederate States of America. This is the battle flag as well as the naval jack of the Army and, of course, Navy of the Confederate States of America. And it was featured in the design of the second and third flags of the Confederate States of America. But the first flag of the Confederate States of America looks nothing like this. The first flag of the Confederate States of America is known as the Stars and Bars. It is humorous to me that the battle flag with a salt hire that has stars on it is now also known as the Stars and Bars. But the Stars and Bars is what one might imagine a seven-year-old trying to draw the flag of the United States might come up with. To describe the flag briefly, paint yourself a horizontal triband of red, white, red, much like the flag of Austria, and then add a blue canton, again that is the portion in the top left closest to the hoist, and in that blue canton put several white stars in a circle. The number of stars varied depending on how many states were in the confederacy at the time, starting with 7, bumping to 9, 11, and 13, and I believe there was a 15 star variant produced in anticipation of other states joining the Confederacy, but that was never actually deployed. This flag was designed in 1861 and served until 1863. It was designed by an Austrian immigrant or a German immigrant. I'm not entirely clear on this. There is some allegation that he was familiar with what is now the present-day Austrian flag due to his time in Austria, but the connection is tenuous at best. He doesn't give us the ideas behind why he designed this flag the way he did. I suspect it was supposed to be a mock-up United States flag, again, as a child might draw it. And I should say that if you subtracted maybe five more years from that child, you would get uh, either the Chilean flag or the Texas flag. This first flag of the Confederacy was used on the battlefield and was used uh, at state ceremonies, and it was quickly derided for being too much like the United States flag, the Union flag, and on the battlefield, especially with the smoky powders that they used and uh, just the general chaos of a battlefield in, you know, the 1860s, troops would misidentify which flag was which, and would run towards what they would think are friendly units or would fire upon what they would think were 
enemies, and it would turn out that they are, in fact, swapped because the flag was hard to identify, again, with smoke, and if there was no wind, you know, it had a very similar design to the United States flag at the time. It was soon proposed that the armies flew a separate flag from the national flag, a battle flag. And this is the flag that we're more familiar with. It started out as the battle flag of the Army of Northern Virginia. And I should say that that is not, that is not an army comprised of Virginians. That is an army that operated in Northern Virginia. The Union Army that fought the Army of Northern Virginia was called the Army of the Potomac, which you may or may not have heard of. Anyhow, this battle flag was developed. It started out as a play on the South Carolina secession flag, which instead of being a saltire, was a cross on a red field, a blue cross on a red field with white stars, and with symbols of South Carolina, the palm tree and the gorget, or crescent moon, depending on how you feel about it. But that's a discussion for a South Carolina episode. Anyhow, William Miles apparently saw this South Carolina secession flag and said, why don't we use that or a, a something like that for a battle flag? It's distinct. It does not look like the Union flag. And it's something that we could rally around as a distinct identity. According to lore, he was approached by Southern Jews who asked that they not have a cross representing their brothers in battle. And so Miles rotated the cross by 45 degrees to the saltire we are all familiar with. The battle flag of the Army of Northern Virginia was square. And this is something you don't often see. So again, it is a blue saltire, blue X on a red field. It's fimbriated white, I should say. Uh, which is to say there's a small white line around the blue elements. And there were a number of stars, depending on how many states there were in the Confederacy, of course, ending with 13. And as a vexillographic note, as you know that I always enjoy, one of the reasons the flag was made square was because it used less material. And there were constant material shortages in the Confederacy during the Civil War. So having a square flag used up less stuff that could be used in a uniform or whatever. The Jack of the Confederate Navy started out, I should say, as a corollary to the United States Jack. The Jack of the United States is a blue flag with a number of stars representing a number of states. Although this is not the current naval Jack of the United States since 2008. One, I think. I should look that up. Uh, this was changed back to the first Jack of the United States, which is the one, don't tread on me with the stripes. Anyhow, so the first Confederate Jack was Blue Jack with 7, 9, 11, 13 stars in a circle. And so that was the only difference between the two naval Jacks. Granted, you wouldn't be flying a naval Jack in combat. You'd be flying an ensign. A Jack is for only when the ship is, you know, in port, anchored, and it's flown off the bow. Anyhow, in 1863, that naval jack was changed to a lengthened version of the battle flag. And so this is one of the first times you see the proportions of the battle flag that we see today, where it's a little bit longer than it is tall. This battle flag was also used when, when Joe Johnson went to take over the Army of Tennessee, and he needed to bump the morale a little bit. He introduced a rectangular, but again, not square, 
battle flag, which is also what we would recognize as the Confederate flag, quote unquote. And I should note that the this battle flag, the last time it was flown in war was during World War II. The battle flag had a, a brief resurgence of popularity in World War II where people from the South or whatever it might be would rally around this flag and make it a unit flag. Um, there existed a rebel company of Marines who raised the flag over Shuri Castle. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. In Okinawa, after the Okinawa campa- campaign. And I'll talk a little bit more about the battle flag in just a minute. But first, we have two more flags to get through representing the Confederate States as a whole. And the reason I introduced the battle flag before getting back to the Confederate States as a whole is because the next flag is called the Stainless Banner. The Stainless Banner is a white flag, and it has, in the canton, a square battle flag. And so this would be, again, the flag to represent the Confederate States as a nation, and it's separate than the flag that represents the Confederate States on the battlefield, especially with the Army of Tennessee and Army of Northern Virginia. This flag was introduced in 1863 and went until 1865, and it had a problem. W.T. Thompson, the flag's designer, wanted the flag to be mostly white with just the battle flag in the canton, but when it was used, it looked like the flag of surrender if there was low wind or somehow the canton was obscured. The reason behind the all-white flag, and one of the reasons he was so opposed to changing it for two years almost, was because it was supposed to represent the purity of white man and the supremacy of having white skin, Um, which is just, I like, I, I don't, which is something that boggles my mind. But, I mean, obviously we had a civil war over it, so... So again, the stainless banner was all white with just the battle flag in the canton. Eventually it was decided that there needed to be a change because it looked like the flag of surrender, uh, which would be just an all-white flag, period. And so they introduced the bloodstained banner in 1865. And this is the stainless banner, but you add a big red stripe to the end. And this is a vertical stripe to the end. So it looks like it's been dipped in blood or something like that. And this was the third and final flag of the Confederacy. Again, introduced in 1865, which was the year that the Confederacy fell. So we have the Stars and Bars, which is the first flag of the Confederacy. We have the Stainless Banner. We have the Bloodstained Banner, which are the second and third flags of the Confederacy. And of course, we have the Battle Flag of varying dimensions, which is now commonly associated with the Confederacy. However, the battle flag, the battle flag was not as predominant as it is today, as it has been in modern times. After the Civil War, it was mostly restricted to like Veterans Day's events or, you know, commemorating dead soldiers. This would be a flag that would be at a Confederate soldier's cemetery, not something flown as a political movement. This changed in 1948 with the Dixiecrats. Uh, These are Southern Democrats who wanted to continue racial segregation, people who did not feel that people with dark skin should be able to vote, should be able to have the same rights as people with light skin. And so they adopted the battle flag as their emblem, 
which now made it a modern political flag, which is really kind of where you get the, the modern sense of the battle flag as the Confederate flag due to the use by the Dixiecrats. Again, just fighting against human rights. The Confederate battle flag has been given explicit permissions and protections in Florida, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, and Louisiana, and is actually not allowed to be on merchandise for sale in California. Though, of course, the First Amendment would trump all of these because one can desecrate any flag they want, whether or not, you know, Georgia has any say in it. I'm not sure how California's ban would hold up in court, and I don't believe it's ever been tested. Speaking of South Carolina specifically, there has been some controversy very recently about having the flag at the state house. Uh, there exists a small battle flag on a 30-foot pole in front of the state house to commemorate Confederate soldiers. It can't be raised, it can't be lowered. There's a whole thing going on right now, a, a lively debate over, does this flag have heritage? Does this flag, you know, is it right to represent people who died for their beliefs if the beliefs were against human rights? And what I found interesting in looking at a little bit about this is that the NAACP actually boycotts South Carolina because of this flag, I'm sure amongst other reasons, where they, they won't have events, they won't have conventions, that sort of thing, in South Carolina. Now, of course, the battle flag is the one that people think of, and so people don't care that Georgia is flying a tweaked version of the first flag of the Confederate States of America. Georgia's flag, which again will be coming up soon, the current flag is exactly the first flag of the Confederacy, just with the state seal put inside the circle of 13 stars. And of course, Mississippi's flag is a ripoff as well. It has the battle flag in the canton, and then it has, I believe, blue, white, red horizontal stripes. I will spend a little bit more time on those flags as the state series progresses. But I wanted to touch on two more flags before I let you go. The first flag I wanted to talk about is the Van Dorn flag, which kind of typifies the Southern use of red to oppose what they saw as the Union use of blue. And this is a flag of all red. In the top left corner, there is, I believe, a crescent moon. It might also be a gorget, I'm not sure. And the version I saw has 13 white stars in rows on the flag. This was used as a battle flag by the troops under Van Dorn's command, mostly in Missouri. And again, it is a strikingly red flag with these 14 elements. Again, a, a white crescent moon in the top left corner, and then 13 white stars, five-pointed stars. And again, it, it really brings home this, we are red, they are blue. And to completely undermine what I just said, the other flag I wanted to talk about was the Bonnie Blue flag. Now, I should say the Bonnie Blue flag, which is most commonly associated with the Civil War, and was in fact the flag that was used very early on in the war, I believed at the Battle of Fort Sumter, which started the war, 
actually goes back to a secession movement in 1810, where the Republic of West Florida, which is not actually in Florida, uh, it's a um, an area of land that is contained by Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, seceded from Spanish Florida in 1810 and was quickly annexed by the United States of America. They called themselves a republic. They were never recognized as such. But this spirit and apparently this icon bubbled to the top and it is just a a light blue flag with one five-pointed white star in the very center. As such, it looks exactly like the the current flag of Somalia. But yes, the bonnie blue flag has its own little life going on and gets its own little shout out in Gone with the Wind. All right, I hope you've learned a little something today. We went through the three flags that represented the Confederate States as a nation. We touched on the battle flag and a little bit of the controversy, and I don't want to get into too much of the controversy around it uh, currently. And then briefly touched on the Van Dorn flag and the Bonnie Blue flag. There is a lot, lot, lot out there about Confederate flags and I should say Civil War flags in general. And there's just so much, and there's just so many resources that I recommend you check out your state capital or something like that. All right, once again, hop on over to vexillogicast.com for links to images, and that is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com, and the Reddit subforum of Simon the Cannibal for discussion. If you have any ideas for next week's episode, I'm always looking for them. Feel free to shoot me a tweet at cannibal underscore Simon if you have something you would like me to cover. All right, best wishes from the Vexillogicast.